0: Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show.
1: So when I come to the office, it will change my home screen to, to sort of work based with the appropriate widgets and the appropriate apps on, on, on the home screen. And then when I go home in the evening. It will change to, to more leisure-based stuff I, on the home screen. And more importantly, I've got it set that when I open FourScore, which is my music reading app, it actually blocks out everyone. no one can contact me when I've got that up so that I'm not going to have the embarrassing situation of my even my iPhone ringing when, when I'm playing in a concert, for example. So I don't need need to think to switch off the phone or whatever, because as soon as I've opened Fourscore, it's in that focus, and all my devices will not receive any notifications. Welcome back to
0: another episode of App Pros. We're joined today by Jonathan Hodgetts, the president of Wessex Tubas. Wessex Tubas was established in 2010, and they have now expanded to offering not only tubas, but a full range of brass instruments as well as saxophones. In this interview, we dive into the nitty-gritty of building the business and creating musical instruments, plus how he runs his company from the iPad Pro. With that said, I just want to remind everyone that you can now financially support iPad Pros in two different places. First off, patreon.com slash iPad Pros. Get episodes early and with embedded MP3 chapter markers by supporting the podcast at any tier bonus content is also available at the higher tiers. You can also now subscribe to iPad pros in Apple podcasts. Apple podcasts is an all inclusive single subscription. you will get all of the bonus content plus episodes early by subscribing to the show in Apple podcasts by default subscriptions are monthly, but if you go into your subscription settings in the settings app, you can switch it to a yearly plan. My thanks to everyone that currently or has in the past supported the podcast financially. This podcast is not a quick one to produce, and your support is greatly, greatly appreciated. You can also support the podcast for free simply by leaving a review in Apple Podcasts. No matter your region, it really does help. The reviews help send the right signals to Apple to show this podcast more in search, helping others discover the show. If you have a minute today, I'd really appreciate you opening up the podcast app and leaving a review. My thanks to everyone that has already done that. With that, here's my interview with Jonathan. Enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Jonathan.
1: Oh, thanks, Tim. It's great to be here.
0: It's great to have you. I'm very excited to chat with you today. As I was looking more and more into what your company does, it's something that relates directly to me. And uh, you guys create uh, brass uh, instruments as well as saxophones and I've been playing music since uh, probably fourth, fourth grade with the recorder back then, and uh, it'll be a fun chat, I think.
1: Well, it's great to be speaking to another musician. And uh, so, can
0: you first kind of introduce yourself, what's your background, and what your current iPad setup is?
1: Well, I'm, I'm Jonathan Hodges, I'm, I'm the president of Wessex Tubers, and um, at the moment, I have got iPad Pro, the latest M1 12.9-inch. Um, and an um, iPad Mini 6, which I've recently acquired. Excellent.
0: And your company, Wessex Tubas, uh, started kind of the same year as the iPad was introduced. And I'm just kind of curious, you know, how did you get into creating instruments?
1: I, I, I've, I've been a, a musician since I was 12 years old. I started playing the tuba when I was 12 years old, and I expect we'll go into that a bit more later. But, yeah. Um, and then in 2007, I, I met a, a Chinese wife. I was over in China a lot, and it occurred to me on one of my visits that there's manufacturing facilities there that can make brass music instruments. And with my wife obviously being a fluent um, Chinese speaker, we're well put to actually go around and negotiate contracts and such like. So we started going around and visiting various factories and and that's how we got into to starting manufacturing and West instruments that's really cool
0: yeah and i love just the full range of uh, uh, especially saxophones you guys provide you have you know the tiny sopranino to a bass saxophone which i played a fair bit of that in uh high school in a little saxophone ensemble and uh i remember just the oxygen head rushes i got from uh, the amount of sheer Wind, you need to pump through those things.
1: Yes, uh, they're, they're quite a beast, they are. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, what's your approach to the instruments you create? How are you different from the other guys out there?
1: I think um, the difference is that so many companies just get instruments imported from China and they just stand at ones range and what we've done we've actually gone into designing, and developing our own range of instruments and through my contacts and my wife and we've got such a close relationship with the manufacturing facility that we can basically produce exactly as we want so our, ours are, are individually, individually designed and um, created by musicians that know what, what they're looking for
0: yeah and your background was as a tuba player growing up, is that right?:
1: Yes, I, I've been playing tuba since I was 12, and the company started off just creating tubas. So I started off just selling selling tubas, but it was, it was very soon I got people coming to me and saying, "Oh, can you make this? Can you make that?" And, and the range bit by bit has increased over the years, to now we do the whole range of the brass musical instruments. Low tubers are still the sort of core of it, Yeah, the largest, the largest range, and most recently we've been adding saxophones because the um, son of my warehouse manager is a saxophone player in the band of the Scots Guards, and he's been advising me on saxophone development, and uh, uh, I, I, no doubt, when he when he leaves the military band, he may may come to be working for the company full time. Then, but for the moment, it's just like on an informal basis, in his spare time.
0: Yeah, no, uh, the the saxophone range is pretty uh, interesting. Uh, you have like a curved soprano saxophone, uh, and the, as I mentioned, the the bass saxophone, you know, standard tenor and alto and stuff. Uh, have you guys looked into like metal clarinets or flutes or? Is the metal itself important? Does it matter that these are brass instruments? Like, if you want to make a silver-plated saxophone, that'd be a bit harder.
1: We we could we could make other woodwind instruments, but it's like one stage at a time, really. I I I don't want to move on to any other woodwind instruments until we're fully satisfied with the saxophone development, and that could maybe if you come back in five, ten years' time, we will have moved in the clarinets and flints and stuff. Yeah.
0: So, what did you? love about the tuba what attracted you to it as a a child
1: i think it was just it's 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 deep sound It appealed to me and it's large when i was a kid i always seemed to like large things like my favorite animals the elephants and and um uh, the tuba just epitomized what i I liked about um things and i wanted a a big big music instrument and the tuba was it
0: yeah (laughs) Yeah, something I love about really large instruments is they also have the biggest range. You can actually play really high notes if you're a uh, uh, really good at the the instrument. Uh, that happens with the uh, the string instruments as well as uh, the wind instruments. I know in the bass saxophone you can go pretty high if you know what you're doing.
1: Yeah, that's quite that's quite true. The tuba's got a range of four four octaves for me, but I guess five for uh, a real. T- top
0: professional
1: yeah uh, High so i that is
0: right so do you guys have do, do you personally have a favorite specialty instrument that your company uh creates
1: i think i think um one of my favorites is the is the um uh, tornister tuber um now no you probably will not know what a tornister tuber yeah. is that's in german it stands for backpack tuber and it was um, uh, an instrument that was originally made in the late 19th century for the Austro-Hungarian army. And I, and I came across one and um, put it back into production after over a hundred years gap. And that was really the sort of first original instrument that, uh, that Wessex Tube was brought out. So it was you know, completely different from any what anyone else was making. And, and I still got great affection for that cause, like my first special instrument
0: yeah and do you find the ergonomics better for that than say i think they're called what sousaphones what were the ones that like as a circle around uh Th- sous-
1: sousaphones go around you and the bells like above your head and yeah the sous- so the haddocken which is the bell is, is smaller and it doesn't go up above your head and um those i, I prefer the haddocken to the sousaphone but yeah the, then uh, I know I know sousaphone's are big in American marching bands and military bands and such like but I I find them a bit unwieldy to ca- to you know carry so I prefer the helicon which is a bit smaller.
0: So your company manufactures uh things obviously and we're in this period where the global supply chain and raw materials are a bit um how should we say scarce and uh limited uh, how has this uh, hap- how has this affected your company and has the portable nature of the had helped you, you know, be a, be able to be more responsive kind of anywhere you are in the world?
1: Well, we haven't so much suffered problems of raw materials. Obviously, in the early days of the pandemic, production came to a complete halt for some months, and so, uh, but then the biggest problem we've had since then is the problems of not being able to travel, and... So I can't at the moment get to the factory to actually put any new models into production or to actually go and sort of supervise things directly. Yeah. So um, thank goodness for technology and video chats and etc. So to but travel has been the biggest problem. Um, The iPad has not really using an iPad has not really been a big bonus at this time because i really haven't been moving around much
0: right yeah you're but more stationary in, 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 because of this,
1: yeah. in, in normal in normal times outside the pandemic it's a, it's a huge benefit because i'm on the road maybe half the year and so to use an ipad is a great advantage
0: yeah during those times would you Have cellular access? I know like the current iPads has dual SIM. So would you have like your local SIM and then wherever you're traveling, you have a SIM there for, uh, you know, the local data connection?
1: Ever since my um, uh, second iPad and my first iPad Pro, I have um, had cellular versions. Uh, Obviously it has been 4G and now with the most recent one, 5G. And I have in the States got an American eSIM had like a a physical UK card Mm -hmm. and an American eSIM card in my iPad at the same time. So I I obviously can use the local network then and not have roaming charges.
0: That's great. Yeah. That's something I'm really happy that came to the iPad because that seems like a super big win, especially if you travel to the same place over and over again. So if you're coming to the States to visit the Chicago showroom or... I'm not sure if China has a, a similar situation where you could have a local SIM. There. I
1: have tried, I have tried SIM cards in China, but uh, I found them a bit restrictive in use because uh, so the um, Chinese firewall. that
0: oh yeah.
1: Certain things like like Google cannot be accessed, so I found it really quite quite annoying. I, I tried it once,
0: yeah, and,
1: uh, and never bothered to renew the. Um, uh, Contract which was just like a month, uh, and I never, I, I never renewed it because I didn't find it a great benefit.
0: Yeah, but if you're roaming in China, you don't have those firewalls.
1: No, not using my local card. If I use my UK card, I don't have the problem with the firewalls. Oh, interesting. Okay, to, to to reach the West. Yeah, and I I, t- I tend to when I'm in China use the cellular all the time. I rarely use the Wi-Fi. Yeah,
0: and so something I'm curious about is you entered this market in 2010 what's the process been like for building out the ambassador and artist program kind of a very important thing. I'd imagine trying to enter this very well-established market. I remember in school, Yamaha was, was King. And I'd imagine this is a hard market to kind of penetrate and and kind of get name brand uh, recognition with.
1: Well, one of the things I've been doing is um, as I've been traveling around, particularly around the States is visiting some of the the top players in the world. um, that's one of the, one of the things I really enjoy about the job is is meeting great musicians all around the world, and um, and obviously if they're interested in the brand and and want to help us develop it, then we will see if they'd like to to join us as a as a, an artist. But we don't we don't push it too much. It's they they've really got to want to do it otherwise there's no much point in and and bringing them along if they're, they're, you know the heart's not in in it
0: yeah would you create a custom instrument for any of the artists you work with as kind of like a kind of a bonus type thing will create this kind of custom thing with your kind of specifications that are a bit different
1: yes we would yes so, so often we we do do developments with feedback from various professionals. And so we may well develop a a new instrument in collaboration with a professional player, which then is added to our range.
0: Nice, yeah. So the blog posts, uh, a lot of variety there and a lot of great content there. Uh, Do you create any of those yourselves or do you have a a person that kind of focuses on the blog and does all that?
1: I um, have done the occasional one. But most of them are done by uh, by my marketing lady. She 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 writes them, sends them to me for approval, and before that, before they go up, and she does a very good job. I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're great. And so your company is based out. Um, was it London? You mentioned.
1: Well, the actual headquarters here is sixty miles west of London. Okay, and that's where where ours is, is in the main office. And then we've got a showroom in Chicago, and we've got a, a sort of affiliate in in Texas as well.
0: And is the affiliate, is that where all the shipping's done? Because I noticed there is local shipping in the States, which is great, and it's actually free shipping if you're in the United States, which I just love that you offer that.
1: No, that, what, they, what they handle is is all dealing with all the school orders in the States. Okay. Okay um the shipping we actually do for all from the warehouse warehouse in the u k and we i've have in the past had um a separate warehouse in the states but then we've got to keep two inventories right. in in two different in two different continents and it always seems to be that the um the instruments are not where you want them that yeah. someone want america wants it and the only ones available is in in the u k or vice versa yeah and um uh, and then there's no the advantage is lost, and in the end we decide there's no point in having two warehouses. Just just keep the one, and surprisingly, the shipping costs from the UK to the states is very little more than internally within the states, hmm. which 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 is quite amazing. It is, and, yeah. Or, and also, it's, it's quicker as well. Um, <laughs> people have not been able to believe it that they've. They've um, ordered an instrument. We get the order to come through, say, 3 o'clock in the afternoon in the UK, and they've got it at 9 o'clock the next morning in the States.
0: Amazing. Yeah, logistics. Uh, it, it's its come a, far, a long way.
1: I think part of the reason is it then comes across by air flights, where if we were shipping around the States, it would be... By ground which would be a lot slower
0: yeah so uh, where did the inspiration for the logo come from this is something I imagine is pretty important in this industry because it's kind of embroidered into the instruments themselves and comes kind of part of the products DNA
1: right well the firstly the name Wessex yeah that too um, that came from the fact that I was located where the business was start in a, in, a, in a road called Wessex Gardens which which Actually, is in the ancient kingdom of Wessex, which was a part of England a thousand years ago. And uh, basically, it was one. It was about three months after the company started. I had no real logo to start with, and then um, just had the idea. I wonder what um, what the uh, what the flag of Wessex looked like. And just we just did some research, and the and the and the logo basically is. An extract from the flag of Wessex, which which was a like I say a kingdom of a thousand years ago.
0: That's really cool. Yeah, I, I love you. Kind know, of the heritage of that. that. That that's great.
1: And that's where it came from. More recent times, we've sort of made it more a bit more elaborate and such like uh, to make it look engraved on the instrument more more fancy because people like that they like a nice fancy engraving on on the on the bell but that's where it's, that's where it all comes from
0: yeah for your personal tuba do you have a favorite one that's just standard or did you have something custom made that's kind of like just special for you
1: i tend to the instruments i play at very i when's a new instrument um developed i may well use it for a couple of months myself if it's a tuba i'll play it for, play it myself for a couple of months first before it goes in production i find there's no better way to find any flaws and to actually put it to day-to-day use so the instrument i'm playing varies and will change over a period of time and, and and literally i can you know have a different one virtually every week yeah <laughs> which, is a, which is a lovely situation to be in it is yeah so Anything
0: else broadly about the company itself before we jump into the iPad itself and how you use it for your work? Um,
1: yeah, the only thing is the, the the company's still quite small. We've have only got um, a total of five staff, so so it's, it's quite a, sm- a small operation. And unlike most companies, we have taken an approach of selling direct to our end customer, and and that means we can keep our prices down because there's no middleman to to add their add their their, their amount on for, for the yeah.
0: sale. Yeah, that's something I noticed like you can go on your website and apple pay uh the, to purchase right there and that's something I looked just again before the interview it's like oh Yamaha you can't buy direct Selmer you can't buy direct it's always through somebody else and as you said the middleman they they like to jack up the prices a bit and uh if you did have like a comparable like with the Saxon, were you targeting a certain like uh, quality range compared to like Selmer Yamaha what's the comparison there to make
1: I would say we're aiming for like the more skilled amateur rather than the professional Yeah, that, that's where that's where that's where the the biggest market is Yeah there are there are very few professional players against amateur players but to, so we we aiming above the beginner market but below the top professional markets so that sort of intermediate level
0: great yeah yeah I was looking at the the Selmar Paris axon that I own and the prices have just skyrocketed since I got it like probably 10 15 years ago I'm not sure if it's partly exchange rate or just uh, the prices are just yeah. just going up probably
1: but um, having said that there are some instruments we have actually gone to a more high level to top professional level so um, we got, ded- got a dedicated team actually making those instruments, all but by- all made by hand.
0: Oh wow, that's really cool! And is that uh, currently just in the tuba range?
1: That's just in the tuba range, yes. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. Yeah. So uh, on the iPad itself, uh, so when did you first use the iPad? And what kind of attracts you to it over something like the Mac?
1: Well, the um, I was first introduced to the to the iPad by, by my wife. She she wanted an iPad. This was probably back in soon after it came out in was it the 2011? I think. Yeah, twenty twenty
0: ten actually. Yep. So yeah, pretty close there.
1: Yeah. Well, so, soon after that, she she got one, and it's um, ideal for Chinese people because you can obviously with the touch screen, you can they can just write on the screen with their with the Chinese characters, and even in those early days, the iPad could actually read those Chinese characters and. And, um, so she could actually write with her finger on there before the before the apple pencil came out and and I saw that, and I thought it would be a um great device for playing music from, yeah, and so I got a an ipad air, I think it was probably the first ipad air, mm-hmm. and um I started playing music from it and and really quite enjoyed it, apart from the size of the screen, it was really too small because some of the some of the manuscripts are are letter size or even a bit larger, and when you shrink it down to a, a nine point seven inch iPad screen, yeah. it can be a bit a bit small to read. So I was really excited when I heard that Apple was bringing out the twelve point nine inch iPad Pro, and I was one of the probably one of the first people to order. I was, watched the um, uh, you know, the event online and and ordered it within five minutes of it um, being available for ordering. Yeah. So I think that was um, November 2015. I got my mm-hmm. first iPad Pro. But um, that, was a, that was a wonderful device, and I moved all my music library across to that straight away. But within a couple of months, I, I started thinking, well, this would be nice to start using for, for the business as well. So I, I then added the, the Folio keyboard, which came with the, the early one, the, the one that's folded up from... Um, uh,
0: oh, yeah, the origami.
1: Origami, yeah. But it worked. And I got one of those and, and started using the, using the iPad Pro for business as well. And um, that is is how I really came to be using the iPad Pro.
0: So the kind of modular nature of just being able to yank off the screen to use it as sheet music is like one of the one of the things initially that got you into it right
1: yes exactly yes one of the problems i was having before that was i was always seem to be losing music or i was the first one or rather i was the last one in the band to be able to find my (laughs) my music yeah it's very embarrassing keeping everyone waiting so um and ever since I um, scanned the music and put it on my my iPad Pro or my original iPad Air, um, I'm, I'm the first one with the music up when everything's called out.
0: Yeah, and uh, do you scan the music with some kind of scan snap type thing, or are you using just the built-in scanner now, which is part of iOS?
1: In the in the early days I I scanned the music with a, like a flatbed scanner in the office but then I started scanning with the, with the iPad using its the built-in camera on the iPad straight into it. Yeah. And um, uh, nowadays I use the the app Scanner Pro which I use for scanning all the music which I find quite amazing the way it sort of corrects mm uh, corrects it and makes yeah. it into a flat sheet and f- f- sheet of paper It's it's, a, it's amazing how these scanning programs work on the ipad
0: yeah does does force itself has have scanning built in yet
1: it does now it didn't when I started using it. it has got a built in scanner now, but the quality is not up still, there, it but... still doesn't do as good a job as the scanner pro app does so yeah. I, I still use the scanner pro app
0: nice yeah and do you have any kind of special stand that you mount your ipad into or is it just a standard sheet music stand and hopefully no one knocks into it and the ipad goes tumbling
1: i got a special stand now in, in the early days i just used to put it on the music stand but after having it once knocked off onto the floor lucky it didn't break the glass It yeah. just just just, just chip the edge of it. it just put a little dent in the in the aluminium rim.
0: Mm, um, yeah,
1: but um, I've I've actually got a, a purpose um, iPad stand, which is by a company called K and M, which, which specialise in making music stands and, and such like in musical instrument stands as well.
0: Um, nice,
1: that, that that I find really good. I can use it in in portrait or landscape, whichever is appropriate for the music I'm playing.
0: And to turn the pages, do you have one of those Bluetooth pedals?
1: I have got one, but I don't always use it because you can just touch the screen to turn it, and I find it I find that sufficient in most cases. Yeah. Unless it's a very difficult page turn on a particular piece, but probably ninety five percent of the time, I, I just do it by hand.
0: Okay. And the screen size is this sufficient, or would you go to a fifteen inch if they bumped it just a little bit more?
1: I think it probably is sufficient. But I would probably be um, ordering on the first day if, if Apple ever bought out a 15-inch one or a larger size.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the Mac, you have an iMac in the office. Kind of, what role does that serve
1: in your life? Very, very little now. It's um, uh, most days it sits there with a black screen and not never gets touched all day. Uh, it's just the occasional use when there's a problem with using the, using the iPad, which is not that often.
0: And in those early days of iPad Pro, what were those biggest challenges of using the iPad to get your job done?
1: Well, in the, in the early days, I would be using the iMac um, when, when I was in the office, and the iPad was just purely as a portable device. That's, that's how it started off. And I, I did use to have a, a MacBook Pro as well. So I would go around with a MacBook Pro as well. And in those early days, what it could do was very limited. Um, one of the amazing things you could not do in those days was, for example, make a PDF. If I wanted to make a PDF of a document, it had no built-in facility to actually make a PDF. So I was that's how I started um, listening to iPads, podcasts and YouTube videos and such like to actually try and learn more about what could be done on the iPad Pro and ways around its shortcomings what apps could be used to overcome those shortcomings so so I've, so I've been stud like studying that right from like 2016 and, and any app that I thought might make my workflow a bit better I've been adding on to onto it and, and that's how things have developed as time's gone on, obviously, Apple have added extra facilities, and some of those apps have just disappeared because they're not required anymore.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So uh, broadly speaking, what computing tasks do you need to do as the president of Wessex Tubas? And we'll dive deeper into the specifics in a bit, but just broadly speaking, what, what kind of day-to-day things are you doing?
1: Emails is obviously quite quite a large, large thing. There's quite a lot of messages coming in, both internally and externally. I, I work on spreadsheets quite a lot. we have got to uh, get spreadsheets off our um, shopping software of all the sales, and I need to analyse and decide what we're going to order, stock in, etc. So those are, those are big ways. Um, documents, I created documents as well, which are largely like the specifications of the instruments for the factory. And that's quite a that's quite important to get that they know exactly what they're doing and what what I'm expecting from them.
0: And with the specifications, you're not like drawing out schematics. You're what, what, what is entailed with specifications for an instrument?
1: No, it's it's not it's not generally that detailed. It's just gonna be the specifications of, of um anything after the first prototype, which I want changing.
0: Okay, for doing that first prototype, do you do drawings, or how do you kind of come up about a design for an instrument?
1: We often start with something that's already exists. It may be one one from the past, like a hundred years old, like the like the tornister tuba, and we'll we'll work for that. I've got a chief designer. His name's Chuck Nichols, and he's in Oregon. And um, here will literally build the instrument and then eventually when we're satisfied with the way it plays it then goes to the factory to actually measure up and do the blueprints before a factory prototype is produced. Then that will come back for approval when we'll make any further modifications before it goes into production.
0: Is 3D printing something you guys utilize at all or in that early phases is he making things from metal
1: no it's making things from metal okay in more recent times or pre-pandemic times i should say really we have done a lot of the actual development at the factory itself as well Mm -hmm. so so actually try putting something together then modifying it and testing it out and modifying it further at the factory (laughs) Yeah, Because obviously the facilities for making the components are a lot greater than my designers got.
0: Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And besides upgrading to the XDR iPad Pro this year, you also added an iPad Mini to the mix, this new sixth generation one that I've seen in person and I'm really envious of not having one yet. Uh, so how have these two devices affected your workflow, both the XDR iPad Pro and and then the the new mini,
1: the iPad Pro. I obviously the, the much better screen on, on the new one is really good when I'm doing um, video editing and or photo edit, editing. So that's where the main use is for the better screen is on on the new XDR screen. And it's got no problem in, in um, uh, handling 4K videos. It's ne- it's never hiccuped on me ever. So it's, it's yeah. It's an impressive, and this was an
0: grade from the twenty eighteen iPad Pro, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, I, I basically I've now had four iPad Pros. I started off with the very first one. But when they first brought the iPad Pro out, it only had sixty-four gigabytes of memory. And that was the only only one available. So I, I then changed to the the second edition um more than anything to get to get more memory. And I went straight away straight up from 64 gigabytes up to 500 odd gigabytes on the on the second one
0: yeah i made the mistake of just financially 32 gigabytes was all i could afford for the original iPad pro so i went from 32 to 512 and that was a nice big jump for me
1: <laughs> i i i like to have uh i always tend to go for the largest uh, amount of space on there because when i'm traveling i like to carry everything with me and i i don't want it. Yeah. it's spread around on separate drives i've like, got So I basically got my whole business, all my business documents and my personal documents as well on the iPad Pro. So there's a lot of stuff on that. So I went up to 512, but obviously that was still the old format with uh, with the uh, huge bezels. Mm -hmm. And then I I, um, got the 2018 one, and that went up to one terabyte. Yeah. And that made it a lot more portable and easy to carry around with the smaller bezels. That's a huge difference, I think. And um, now I'm using the um, the latest one, on a two terabyte one. So I've gone all the way up now to two terabytes.
0: Amazing! Yeah, it's amazing where we started and where we are now storage wise with these things.
1: And the the first one is long since gone, but the the second one is being still being used by my warehouse manager, and my um, 2018 one is being used by my wife. So nice. they're, they're still in they're, they're still in use.
0: Yeah. So uh, the iPad mini or first before you get to ipad mini has the uh, addition of the trackpad on the ipad been a big help with your workflows
1: i don't know if it's really made any difference the way i use the device that much yeah i the trackpad i tend to use more i think for gestures rather than actual for selecting things on you know buttons or items on the screen i tend to still reach to the screen to do those things but I like will swipe up and and swipe across and and such like with the with the touchpad. So I sort of it's like dual use for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then the mini. So this is a brand new device. You have not had a mini in your life up until now. And how are you finding that you're using this?
1: Well, the the mini. One of, one of my interests is, is drone flying. So I originally got the mini with the idea of using it for flying drones because. I was finding looking at an iPad, an iPhone rather an iPhone screen, a bit small when I'm flying. I wanted a larger screen, so I got the the iPad Mini for that. But it's really turned into be a, a much more useful device than that. It's virtually replaced my iPhone altogether. I I hardly touch my iPhone anymore. It's the iPad Mini goes around with me everywhere. It's it's um. A much nicer format and size of screen, I think, for for use on the go. If you want to look at a spreadsheet, the the iPhone is just too small, but you can on just
0: the aspect ratio alone just seems not. Yeah, yes,
1: yes, it's so 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 narrow. Yeah, some some spreadsheets I can't even use at all on the iPhone, but the iPad Mini, I can basically look at anything that I can on the iPad Pro. It's obviously not as large and and um. uh, as pleasant to use, but it can be used for virtually anything. So it tends, it tends to now go with me everywhere, and I'm using it for even on my desk, on beside the iPad Pro. I've got the iPad Pro there, I'm using, and I have the iPad Mini bes, beside it as well. Yeah. And I use that for reference if I just want to look up something while well, I'm. Um, I will just open it up on the iPad Mini to 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 do a, a look up rather than do a split screen on the iPad Pro. So I'm actually finding, since i got the Mini, I'm not using split screen so much on the iPad Pro now.
0: Yeah, I would do the same thing with the uh, 10.5-inch and the 12.9 of the second generation, and I would use them side-by-side exactly like that. And uh, It'd be so cool if Universal Control could work from an iPad to another iPad, because I think that would be very handy if they ever managed to do that.
1: It's it's great, the handover, you can just copy... Something on one device and then paste it on the other. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's super handy.
1: I I use that all the time, every day.
0: And you're using the Magic Keyboard with the iPad Pro in this setup, or do you have like a stand and like a a desktop kind of setup for your iPad?
1: I'm actually using, when I'm on my desk, I actually have got a stand. I've got it on the stand and I've got a um, a regular Apple keyboard and um, a touchpad. (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay. Did you ever look into getting one of those Bluetooth keyboards that would let you pair to both the mini and the regular iPad Pro so you could just swap between uh for the keyboard to jump back and forth?
1: No, I haven't thought I haven't thought about doing that actually.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's something I really enjoyed uh doing when I had my dual kinda set up there.
1: The um the reason I use it, I'm using a stand stand I'm using is one um called a, a Lulu stand. It's, it's magnetic so it, it just it just clips on magnetically and what I like about that is that you, I can just switch it from um, landscape to portrait yeah so I, I can use it in, in either format whichever' is best for what I'm doing
0: nice and you're finding the Lulu stand nice and stable. you're not worried about it yes. good good yeah. yeah
1: that's that's the only advantage I really see to the magic keyboard. Um, when I, but if I'm working anywhere outside from my office desk, it's on, on the magic keyboard.
0: Yeah. That thing's great. How easy it is to just take on and off at, at will.
1: Yeah. So, and of course, then it comes up, it comes off to be used as a tablet when it goes on the stand to, for playing music. Yeah. I don't, I don't tend to use it as a tablet so much. Otherwise, um, the, the iPad pro, I, I won't be like sitting on the sofa with it in my hands as a tablet. I'm, but I do that with the mini all the time.
0: Yeah, it's the perfect size for that. It just feels right at home for being a, an
1: iPad. It's just, it's, just, it's just so good. You just you just hold it in one hand and um you know and use the other one hand to to navigate around, which is yeah, which is ideal. And it doesn't feel any heavier than the than the iPhone Pro Max that I had before.
0: And so the Pro Max, you then went to the thirteen mini. And how are you finding the little tiny phone?
1: I'm finding that I find it okay actually, like I say I'm not using it much for screen time, so I'm yeah. more using it as a as a phone I guess you could say really for
0: yeah probably for a phone, phone and camera probably and, right?
1: and such things as navigation or taking a quick picture and things like that I yeah. tend to use the iPhone for now
0: <laughs> in uh not needing to tether on the big phone, do you think you'll stick with this uh thirteen mini if they don't upgrade? to a 14 mini in the coming year
1: yeah i think i think now i may well stay with the 13 mini for a few years now yeah because it's 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 a good device like i say i'm not using it's not heavy usage i'm just using it very infrequently i'm mostly using the ipad mini so the battery life on on the iphone mini is no problem at all yeah and of course you have got the. Um, you can actually charge the the iPhone from the iPad Mini as well as from the iPad Pro.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, because the charging thing—it's not just iPad Pro. iPad Mini can also do that trick as well. That's that's pretty. Yeah,
1: cool. which that's one of the first things I checked out. So do I need to carry a charge, or can I just charge up the phone from the from the iPad Mini? And it yeah, works, right.
0: and uh, yeah, I'll charge my Apple Watch from my iPad uh, Pro as well. That's a pretty handy thing to do.
1: Yeah. And the, the iPad Pro, I find the battery life mostly okay. Um, I one the early, when the early days when I got my first one, the charger I can't, ama- I can't remember what what it was on the charger they provided with it. It was only something like twelve watts or, yeah. or something.
0: Yeah, it took a while to upgrade that thing,
1: and that was way too slow. I had to, I had to buy a, a bigger charger to actually charge it up in time because I, I was like. It wasn't recharged again before I wanted to disconnect it and move on,
0: yeah, so email you mentioned is a big deal running a company And yes. what kind of apps did you try out and what did you finally settle on
1: right well, I started off with um with when the company started, I started off using google that's where that's where we, we started from, but of course you use it on on Safari or whatever you you it's. <laughs> You, I wanted you obviously want to be writing when you're not connected to the internet as well. Yeah. So and and the Google mobile app I think is not very good at all. The the one that's on for the iPad I'm not very impressed with that. I did use um, Apple Mail for a while, mm-hmm. but it's much more limited than it is on on the Mac. Yeah. You got facilities on the Mac which are just not even now today Apple has still not provided all all the mail. Facilities on on the on the iPad app. Um, I've used AirMail. That was that was okay, but it wouldn't do everything I wanted. I've also tried Hey, the, which is quite an interesting one with a, with oh, yeah. a different way of doing things. But um, Hey, I think is okay for personal use, but I don't think it's much good for business use. That's that's my take of it. Yeah, and much the same applies. I've tried Spike. And that's another one which I think okay for personal use, but well, you won't want to use it for business. So the one I, I settled on, the one I've been using now consistently for more than a year, is, is Spark, and that's that's what I'm, I'm using now.
0: And what are some of your favorite features within Spark? What attracts you to it?
1: Well, one of the, the things that first attracted me is you can actually have a HTML signature in it.
0: Isn't this the most baffling thing in the world? When I uh, for my last day job, I needed an HTML signature as a work requirement, and I must have tried every app in the store. And Spark was like the only one that could do this uh, well. Uh, Apple Mail you could kind of hack it in, but it never looked right. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, the format all goes to pieces in Apple Mail. Yeah, yeah, but no, obviously, I wanted a, a proper business signature in there and HTML, and that was one of the sort of deciding factors for using it. Another one that I don't like with so many of the apps is you like look at one email and then it moves on to the next one even if you don't want to move on to the next mm, one yeah. and and then marks it as read and then if you get called away it's then disappeared off your your ones waiting for attention then and it's it's quite annoying and in uh, Spark some of the other facilities I like is the fact that you can obviously it sorts out your actual. Personal emails from notifications and newsletters and things like that, which so keeps them separate that's so useful, and that you can time time it for sending later or reminder to to come back into your inbox in a week's time if you want to answer this later and things like that so it's got it's got quite a few nice features in in spark there are there are some things I don't like um one thing that particularly annoys me is you can select a something. And if you select on the keyboard you know command c to mm-hmm. to copy it, it doesn't copy. it. you've actually yeah. got to physically hold there and press the cop and get the copy on the screen why why that doesn't work? I do not know it's just one of those annoyances,
0: yeah, I'll think I'd copy something and then come back it's like, oh, <laughs> as far as candles text a bit different.
1: yeah, you just gone into the other app you go to paste it and it's not there yeah oh, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, it's a bit <laughs> yeah I hope they... N- Figure that out at some point.
1: Yeah. What are the other
0: roles within your company? So there, you mentioned a marketing and a designer. Uh, what What else is there?
1: That's my customer services. Mm-hmm. Obviously, de- dealing with most of the um, most of the customer inquiries. Um, warehouse, warehouse manager, doing all the dispatching of the orders. I've got a um, professional artist, and he's actually a full time employee, and he does do lots of demonstration videos for me and um, and um, helps we actually go around and visit places and put an exhibition and he will give a master class and a recital and that obviously pulls people in to then come and look at the instruments yeah and um then i've got an administrator doing all the accounts and and that sort of thing
0: okay um so your calendar what have you settled on for um Kind of managing that and making sure you're keeping up with all your appointments.
1: Um, I use Fantastical, which which I which is one I've been using for quite a while now, and that's that mm. works for me. It's, it's 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 nice. It's it's quite familiar. It's not that different in appearance from the from the Apple Calendar, but it has got some nice extra features.
0: And what's kind of the most useful stuff that they added to the app uh, that you don't get with the built-in app?
1: Well, one of the reasons I first started using it was a simple thing: you could add attachments to a to a calendar appointment, yeah. which you can't do on the calendar on the iPad, although you can on the calendar on the on the Mac. Another inconsistency, mm. which I don't know why Apple has not corrected. Yeah, but I also like the intelligent data entry. You can just put like free text. <laughs> meet so-and-so at 10 a.m., and it will put it in, in at 10 a.m., and you don't have to go through all these different fields to do it. And I like the the Reminders integration as well. So I can actually add and and um, respond to Reminders in Calendar rather than having to go into the Reminders app. In fact, I never go into the Reminders app. I do all of my Reminders through Fantastical.
0: Hmm. So you, do, you use the Reminders... Back end, kind of as your way of keeping track of the reminders. You don't uh, have some like big uh, over uh, or OmniFocus or uh, things app that you. would
1: uh, I, I have I've used Things in the past, but it, I didn't really find that it provided any great advantage to me over the over the built-in reminders app. So I went back to reminders again.
0: Okay. Uh, widgets within Fantastical. Are you finding that useful? That's one of my favorite things about the Fantastical app is their amazing widget support.
1: Yeah, I use I use the, that is a feature on my homepage all the time. The Fantastical widget. I also got on on there the um, the Spark widget as well, <laughs> so I can see my, the latest emails come in. The other one that I is a permanent f- fixture of widgets on my home screen is um is carrots
0: weather yeah and do you have within there like destinations well in the normal times would you have in there like chicago and ch- the place in china that you would visit as like locations that you're just aware of
1: yes yeah i would
0: and the focus mode within I've had OS fifteen, have you done much with that? Do you have custom home screens for different kind of contexts that you're in to have different apps and widgets set up there?
1: Yes, I have. I, I do I am using the focus. I find that a great thing. So when I come to the office, it will change my home screen to to sort of work based with the appropriate widgets and appropriate apps on on, on the home screen. And then when I go home in the evening, it will change to, to more leisure based Stuff on the home screen, mm-hmm. and more importantly, I've got it set that when I open Forescore, which is my music reading app, it actually blocks out everyone. No one can contact me when I've got that up, so that I'm not going to ever have the embarrassing situation of my even my iPhone ringing when when I'm playing in a concert, for example.
0: That's great. So
1: I don't I, I don't need to think to switch off the phone or whatever because as soon as I've opened. Four score, it's in that focus, and all my devices will not receive any notifications.
0: And you mentioned uh, earlier that you use uh, spreadsheets and kind of documents. Uh, What app have you settled on for the spreadsheet end of things?
1: I've I've just kept with the built in numbers numbers, um, uh, um, app. I use numbers and pages because we're not trying to do anything. Anything really elaborate? They tend yeah. to be sort. Of, they tend to be tables, inventory, or cells, or spreadsheets, or orders, and various things like that. And they and the numbers will fulfil that role quite satisfactorily.
0: And do you do much with the collaboration within numbers or pages, or is it just documents that you're being sent and can review independently?
1: No, you, using them shared all the time. We've got like a various shared spreadsheets, which can be accessed by the appropriate members of the team. So, and so multiple people updating those spreadsheets. Nice.
0: Yeah. Very cool. Uh, Keynote presentations is not something you've had to do much of, at least at this point in um, your business. uh...
1: Keynote is not something I use very often. There has been occasional presentations, but it's not something I'll go into once a year.
0: Yeah. Um, for the website itself, do you manage any of that yourself, or is that someone else's role?
1: Well, the website is all all based on on Shopify Shopify shopping app, which um, works quite well on, on the iPad. There's no problems So There is a is a Shopify app, but I can also access through Safari to go to go into the back end as well. Um, I've got a webmaster who does any major updates if we, mm-hmm. you know, want to change change the format of the website or whatever but i any sort of day-to-day changes bit prices or adding in photos or adding a new product or, or whatever i can do that directly on the ipad pro no problem at all
0: oh very cool in Shopify, it also like handles the blog itself. Like it's a it's a platform that can do your entire site or other aspects of the site that are elsewhere.
1: No, they can handle the blog as well.
0: That's really cool. Yeah, I actually didn't. I thought it was mainly just for a store. But yeah, that that's a really nice site, and that that's cool that that platform does it all. Uh, for the website versus the app, have you found certain tasks better with the app, and then certain tasks you'll go to the website version of Shopify, or is it pretty seamless no matter which? version you use
1: well the the app you probably use if you just want to sort of add an order on or just check check on an order because it's quite easy to just go in and do that but if there's anything like modifying a product i go in through safari into the back end that way
0: Mm -hmm. and then your uh, website also integrates with Tidio for the live chat uh to do you know customer service right there on the website is that a, a friendly tool to use on the iPad
1: Well that's uh, there is an iPad Tidio app and um yeah all the all the chats that come in any chats that come in do come I use the app I don't um uh, do that on the Safari that's done for the app and it, it works fine it's no no problem My only criticism of it is it doesn't have dark mode Mm-hmm. So it can be a bit training on the eyes if it's after dark.
0: Yeah. And you'll do some of that, but you also have a customer service uh, person. That, that's their kind of focus of what they do.
1: The customer, the customer service person will do that most of the time. Yeah. But sometimes they're not available, and I know they're not going to be available, and then I'll keep an eye on it yeah. and uh, attend to it then.
0: So uh, in the dark days, I know a lot of people had to use Windows because of Quicken for Windows and how good it was. Uh what does accounting look like from an ipad? What kind of solution have you found there
1: well i've um uh, from quite the early days of the company i've used used zero so that's that's what we're using here and there's quite a good Xero zap for the ipad it, that works quite well and once again, you can access through safari or through the app. Um, the app I tend to use for such things as just add an invoice or, or or a bill, that sort of thing. And but for anything more than that, I'll go into into the safari so I use that for more elaborate things. Okay.
0: Communication apps in general, outside of email, what other things are you using on the iPad?
1: Well, a big one is um WeChat. WeChat had uh, is the it's a Chinese app which um basically all Chinese seem to seem to use. Yeah, I've never I've never met anyone from China that's not got WeChat.
0: Yeah, it runs basically their their whole country in many ways. Like,
1: and so that is my main communication with my factory in China. And so for messages, video chats, basic everything, go for go through go through WeChat, which is. um and it, somehow it seems to work in China a lot better than, than other communication hmm. methods.
0: In the iPad uh, iteration, of the app's pretty decent.
1: Yes, it's it's fine. the only The only limitation is it can only be on one i on one iPhone and one iPad.
0: Okay, so your so Mini uh, and your Pro can't both have
1: it. They can't both they can't both have it. And okay. I've actually now moved it on, moved it from my Pro onto my iPad Mini. Because that tends to be with me more of the time. So. Okay. Yeah. And does your mini have cellular? I forget. Yes, it does. Okay. So that's that's got to say uh, yes. And uh, apart from that, we use Facebook Messenger. So we often get custom, customer messages through Facebook Messenger and um, and WhatsApp.
0: Okay. And then internally, you guys don't use Slack or Discord or any of the uh, kind of uh, messaging tools there.
1: No, we don't. Okay internally we, we have tend to use FaceTime for, for for chats and then we I might use um, zoom if it's any external meeting
0: yeah have you guys uh, experimented with the FaceTime links that you can now set up and kind of mm-hmm. add to, you could like add that to meeting as like here's a faceTime link to, to join
1: not something I've tried out yet
0: okay yeah I tried it for the first time last week and was just I was very impressed with how good it actually was. Someone was joining from a Windows computer and the, the link worked really well. And then you can manage. Uh, if someone like tried to join, you could approve or deny that person from entering, uh, which was nice. And yeah, it seemed really uh, well done for a version one.
1: They seem to be getting on, moving it nearer to be able to get, provide all the facilities of Zoom, aren't yeah. Don't they?
0: Yeah, exactly. And then uh, Center Stage is on both of your iPads. Has that been something you've noticed as being a. An improvement in your your chatting.
1: It is. It's actually. It's actually. People find it quite amazing. Um, I was only this last week on a on a on a video to my designer Chuck Nichols in, in Oregon, and I was on there and a couple of the other the team, and we were like moving in and out of the room. And he he said, looking at the uh, on the other end, it was like he was actually in the meeting in the room because he, it was it felt much much more sort of involved and yeah the fact it would zoom in on people as they moved into the room and all he he felt like it was being there. So it seems a great facility.
0: That's cool. Yeah. Uh, for the newsletter, what tool do you guys use for that?
1: Well, my my marketer actually puts that together in, in Google Sheets, so I actually do use Google Sheets as well. So. The sales they'll send me a link through and I'll put f- through suggested changes and such like. Okay.
0: You notes to me had LumaFusion to do some video editing. What kind of work do you do there?
1: Business wise it's um doing demonstration videos of the instrument. So I will I'll be videoing an artist performing on the instrument and, and, and using LumaFusion to put the final video together that's gonna to go up on YouTube. Mm-hmm and on the website. And I also use it in my personal life um, for I do quite a lot of, of, of drone flying and, and videoing with the drone. So I've got all those videos to edit and add music and such like.
0: Nice. And what's kind of the offload process to get footage into the iPad from the drone? Is it like an SD card you're importing?
1: Yes. It's a, I found the best way. You, you, can, you can do it other ways, but I found the easiest way it's just to pull out the sd card from the drone and put it in in obviously through an adapter into the dongle into into the ipad pro
0: yeah for the musician videos are you using iPhones to capture that or do you have standalone cameras that you have on tripods
1: i've got a i've got a um a sony full frame camera that i use for that to to take all the videos and uh, that works fine so that goes the same as the drone videos you use yes Transfer with the SD card.
0: Nice, yeah. And then for the audio itself, you're using any special microphones to capture that, or just whatever is with the camera.
1: I've got an external microphone on mounted on, on the camera. Okay, it's, it's a Sony it's only one that comes with the camera, so which which works well.
0: Okay, and then it captures it alongside the video, so there's no sync you need to worry about later.
1: No. Okay, but um, Luma Fusion, I'm very impressed with it. Can it can do it can do most things I want it to do, but it's I haven't found the need for um, anything more elaborate so far.
0: Yeah. No, it's great, and it's only going to get better. There's a multi-cam update they're working on that should be out this year at some point, I hope. (laughs) They've been talking about it uh, coming soon, and that will just be super impressive. So you could have multiple cameras set up and kind of cut between them pretty easily.
1: Yeah, it's so much much better than iMovie, which is a very basic, basic program, I think.
0: Yeah, I still miss uh, iMovie HD back in the day when they had that for the Mac, and then they downgraded to this uh, current iteration of iMovie. Yeah. So uh, for product photography, uh, that's something I would think is pretty important for this industry because I know for me, lusting after a new shiny uh, instrument uh, was instrumental in me, you know, wanting the saxophone I ended up getting, and. What kind of challenges do you have photographing instruments and making them look good? And then do you do any of this or is this kind of outsourced to someone else in, in your company?
1: The main problem with um, product photographs of musical instruments is they're very shiny and reflections. So if you don't watch Yeah, it, so
0: you will be in them accidentally. You, you have to end <laughs> up with
1: getting, getting a reflection of yourself. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah i'm looking and, at my uh apple watch and i can see my face in it so i'd imagine photographing anything shiny like that you'd have your face uh reflecting right back at you
1: so for years i have i did use a professional photographer for uh for doing the the product photos but that, that's quite an expensive thing because every time you get a new instrument you're paying you know several hundred yeah just coming in to do, do some shots of it so more recent times i, I I've seen now, they've done it a number of times, I now do the product photos myself using the Sony camera that I use for the videos and basically in the, in, like a photo tent, the instruments in a, in a tent with the light outside shining in and the camera is behind a, a screen and so am I as well mm-hmm. So, so there's just a little black mark Basically, where the the lens is pointing through into the tent to take the photo. And that can just be, you know, photoshopped out afterwards.
0: Will you use an iPad app to handle the post-production of the photos?
1: I will use um, Lightroom Mm -hmm. for basically getting the exposures and all that sort of thing. And then um, Affinity Photo for cutting out and putting the backgrounds in and further editing Affinity Photo. Yeah. And do you have
0: that product uh, photography set up kind of ready to go whenever or is it something you need to put together and get that tent set up or do you have a special space uh, kind of reserved for that already?
1: At the moment, it's set up all the time because it's I've got it set up in what would normally be my showroom because no one has been visiting to actually need a showroom. But right. yeah. But um, otherwise, we can put it up in half an hour or whatever if you need to.
0: And something that stuck out to me and could you sent me notes ahead of time was the calculator app that you shared with me. I've never heard of this app, uh Tidelig. And how's this app different from the other ones out there? It looked kinda kinda very uh, interesting as I looked through the uh app store description.
1: It's 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 very different in the fact that rather than basically like a calculator uh, a regular calculator with just yes the numbers, you actually got a page. So you're actually just keying in the, the figures in as if you were putting in there, you know, the number, multiplied by so-and-so, equals. So you're actually, write, actually typing it in exactly as you would if you were doing it manually on a, on a sheet of paper. And the, it will actually hold it on the page, and you can label the figures with what they actually represent and that's what makes it different from other calculators is the fact that you can label everything so it's really good if you want to go back and check your calculations later you can see exactly where all those figures came from because they're all you've labeled them up and you've got all, all the calculations to go back and reference any time so it's, it's, it's quite a different way of, of working from using a, a sort of normal calculator
0: and will you use that uh, split screen with numbers as you're in the spreadsheet working on things?
1: Yes, I will, and that will obviously be used for such things as working out product prices, putting all the all the figures in there, and working out what the what the costs on the costs and the eventual sales prices.
0: Yeah, because you're building in margin and making sure it's yes. appropriately priced there. Yeah,
1: so it's 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 useful and. And I can go back and go back to the calculations, and if the figures change, I can just change one figure and get the, the new figure then, then recalculated again. So it's, it's. I find it a really quite useful calculator app.
0: Yeah. So running a business, I'd imagine you'd have to track, keep track of a lot of little notes and just little data points that kind of come across your desk from time to time. Uh, How do you handle all these notes? Is there a certain notes app you use or do you have different notes app depending on what kind of information you're being given?
1: No, I basically just use the built-in Apple Notes because the the search facility in there is really good. I can get back to what I'm looking for very quickly. So anytime I want to note anything down, I'll just do another, another note. Now, of course, we've got the new Quick Notes, which is even better still.
0: Yeah, you've been finding Quick Notes pretty useful.
1: Yes, that's re- that's really useful if you've got a document open, they just want to make a note on something.
0: Yeah, and you'll use the linking thing to it.
1: A link or, or if you're on, on Safari to, to the page, it's really useful. I think
0: the floating window I found just it's it's just very useful having just instant access wherever you are on your system to that.
1: that. That's that's a really very nice facility. I hope um, Apple extends the potential that in the future Agreed. maybe let yeah. you let you let you add new um floating windows you could maybe have swipe from the top right and have another floating window of your choice
0: yeah no that'd be amazing yeah and then do you use the apple pencil at all to do handwritten notes in any
1: i use the apple pencil yes um i use it all the time for my for the music I'm in four score for for annotating the music that's That's a big use for it. Yeah. And business-wise, I I often use it for taking notes, handwritten notes of meetings or visits or whatever.
0: And the iPad being like this digital notebook uh, and something that I'd imagine you get a little bit of are papers, like physical papers. Do you have a a process for getting rid of uh, physical papers, get them into your iPad, and once they're there... Do they just live in like the Files app, or do you use Dev and Think or some other kind of data management tool um, to manage all that?
1: I like to keep the company as um, paperless as possible. So basically, anything that comes in on paper gets scanned in as soon as possible after it comes in. It'll either be in something like Xero if it's a receipt or needs to be in a particular app for use, or it'll just go into a into a folder and we basically just store them in, in a folder structure. Yeah. And I we uh, use share folders. So I use iCloud. Use share folders. So if other people in the company need to access those documents, they can access them as well. Nice.
0: Yeah, that's that's a good way about it.
1: And that's 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 a nice facility that they've added in the last few years.
0: Oh, it's super handy. Yeah. Shortcuts. Has that been something you've taken much advantage of?
1: shortcuts is i've used very little i know lots of people love it but um, i've had very little use for shortcuts about the only thing i can think i use them for on a regular basis is to shrink the photos down to appropriate size to put on the website Mm, so you can have a shortcut that go from the high resolution photo to a suitable size for uploading onto the web
0: yeah i needed that exact ability the other day i was submitting a rebate to t-mobile for a hundred dollars off uh for the ipad and uh they said take a picture of the receipt and i tried to upload it and uh, the only way i could get it uploaded was using shortcuts to uh, down sample it
1: yeah <laughs> so that's, that's that's a really really useful facility of it i think and apart from that i i have it i have a shortcut to just some uh, Changes my wallpaper automatically.
0: Nice, yeah. I have uh, I use shortcuts as well to automate uh, my Apple Watch uh, to change its watch face based on the focus mode I'm in. That's I found pretty useful.
1: Yeah, that's that's quite a good one. Uh, how do you use the
0: iPad in your personal life outside of uh, fourscore and the performing of music?
1: I use it um, quite a lot for watching watching YouTube and watching. Netflix and things like that quite a, quite a lot just yeah. general general browsing the web and and i'm not I'm not a great game player but um it's, it's it's a it's a really good leisure device that you can actually do whatever you like and the great thing is that you can actually use it anywhere when I'm traveling I will as a general rule will download onto the iPad a whole load of videos and such like to watch. While I'm while I'm on the move, particularly like on air flights, so I, I've got a, a whole library of uh, things to watch.
0: <laughs> yeah, and the screen is just so so good these days.
1: yes So, uh anything else? I I should
0: ask uh, just briefly about the drones. Um, kind of what environments do you like to fly in, and what's kind of uh, your goal with all of those?
1: I often visit quite about you know we've got quite a lot of cool places in the UK of castles and stately homes and things so i quite often go and fly around those and and to take videos and i also i've since i've been a teenager i've been i've been into to steam trains and i often quite often video those and you can get some real cool cool ones from the air if they're not and if the train if the train's not moving fast you can even right. follow it for long in the air which is quite quite fun
0: yeah <laughs> Does the camera and those things capture a slow motion video if you wanted to? Yes.
1: yes okay, it will. so if
0: you see a train coming, you could just have it like hovering as it's coming by and get something pretty nice.
1: Yeah, and, um, and the drone I'm using now, which is the um, DJI... Air 2S can do um can phone fo- can film in um H L G so I can do um high dynamic range videos as well which shot really well on the iPad Pro.
0: Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, when I first saw um HDR video on the iPad, it just kind of blew my mind what what oh, what this could do. And uh, you know, the twelve mini is the phone I have, and the video that thing captures with HDR double vision. It just blows my mind. I, I, I capture more videos because it just it just looks so incredible in HDR than I ever did before.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, like I'll like instead of doing a, a photo, sometimes I'll, I'll do a 10-second video just to like capture the scene rather than a photo in some moments. So, anything we haven't covered that you'd like to be before we wrap it up?
1: Well, I, I think the only thing uh, quite amusing thing I'll I comment is when i ever, ever do use a mac i always seem to be it's like reaching for the screen to do things so i got so used to touch screens now I, I would not buy another mac now unless apple decides to put touch screens on them
0: yeah yeah i was going to ask you uh, anything uh, about these m1 macs that is uh, attractive to you uh, it's bringing some of the characteristics of hardware from the i've had over but
1: uh... they they they're obviously obviously it's great and the software is is a lot more flexible what you can, what software you can use on them. But I don't, wouldn't want the restrictions of having to do everything for a, for a touchpad or, or a mouse. So I, I really do want to be touching the screen.
0: Yeah, and you can't rip the screen off. So if you rip it off, it's it's broken at that point.
1: <laughs> you know, particularly if you're like looking at photos or whatever, you, I just naturally reach for the screen to pinch and, and it doesn't work on the Mac.
0: No, no. <laughs>
1: Which is quite irritating.
0: Yeah, yeah sure it sure is, yeah. So um, where can people find more information about uh, the instruments you create?
1: Well, look at my website, which is um, wessex-tubers.com.
0: Excellent. And yeah, thank you so much. This has been just a fascinating chat. And uh, it's always uh, fun to have people running their businesses from iPad, especially uh, a field, uh such as music, which I, I'm so passionate about.
1: Well, yeah. But, and, and do you get any playing today,
0: Tim? Uh, it's less than it used to be, sadly. Uh, I still have my uh, my nice saxophone here, but uh, uh, it, it, not as much as I, I should.
1: <laughs> yeah, but well, it's a great thing to do. Uh, to, and It's very and, cathartic,
0: uh, you know, playing, uh, you, you know, uh, an instrument.
1: To me, it's, it's you know, uh, music's a integral part of my life.
0: Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time.
1: Thank you. Uh, nice to speak to you.
0: Well, that was my discussion with Jonathan all about running Wessex Tubas from his iPad Pro. My thanks to Jonathan for his time recording this interview. And my thanks to you for your time and attention tuning in. As a reminder, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash iPad Pros or by subscribing to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. With that, I'll talk to everyone again real soon.